Hello. Hello. I'm Julian. And I am Jacrete. And we watch Resident Evil Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Not actually Resident Evil 2. <laughs> Don't Resident, forget that name. Resident Evil colon Apocalypse. No, there isn't a 2, actually. It's just no. Apocalypse. Yep. That's correct. Are any of them numbered? I don't know. I don't think so, actually. This film was made two years after the first one, 2004. Rapid. Rapid production. Yeah, keep it going. They got to turn these babies out. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, So this one was not directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. No, but written by Paul W.S. Written by him. It was actually directed by Alexander Witt, whom has only directed one movie. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's this one. Oh, no. I did not know that until just yeah. now. Yeah. So oh, how terribly he's, sad. He's got, a, he's got a known for on IMDb, and it has a bunch of amazing, not amazing, but okay movies. He's got Pirates up there. he got Casino Royale. And um, was he like DP on all of them? Or? I have no idea, but I clicked into it, and I was like, so what did he do on it? And he wasn't a writer or director. Huh. So I checked his, I went deeper and checked his director, uh, his director, section and it was only this movie and one movie that is supposed to come out in 2018 probably won't <laughs> just quick guess not coming out which if you're uh, listening to this in the apocalypse future is uh a year from when we are recording <laughs> so this movie has not come out yet nope and i don't think it will all Re- right so what do we got what's our what's our synopsis for this one resident evil colon apocalypse uh, the synopsis is, have you ever watched a movie and been like, boy, I hope this movie has a sequel, and I hope that sequel is beat for beat the exact same as the movie that I already just watched, because that is Resident Evil Apocalypse. Wow, that is a beautiful plot synopsis. It is. It is the first movie on different locations with different characters, but other than that, exact same. Yeah, but doesn't it feel good to be outside finally? It, After yeah. all that yes. time spent yes. in the bunker. After so much time in the claustrophobia. hive. Deep underground and yeah. dying underground. Now people can finally die on the streets mm-hmm. as they were meant to do. Yep. Different color palette. A lot less metallic silver. Yeah. A lot more just dark. This movie is... A lot of dark in this dark, movie. It's dark, it's wet, and it's yep. on fire. Yep. That is... All at once. The environment of this movie. Yeah. Even, even though this is one of those movies where... A lot of things are on fire, yet the fire does not seem to be generating any light because everything is no. still very dark. Yeah, but everything is on fire. Yeah, if you if you think about it, those are all opposite things. Yeah, dark. There's fire. Somehow it's wet. It's it should wet, be dry. Even though it should be dry to be on fire. <laughs> but if you think about it, makes sense. If you think about it in the context of the apocalypse, uh, Resident Evil movies, makes sense. it makes sense. Yeah. This movie is impenetrable. It is a, it's a train, yeah. it's a bullet train, a bulletproof bullet train mm-hmm. that starts and it runs and it, it speeds down the tracks mm-hmm. and it does not stop. That is it, true. And I could not get through it. I, I mean, I could get through it. I could not get into, into it. it. Yeah. You're just kind of like parallel to it the yeah. entire time that you're watching. Yeah. I will say it has everything that you want from a Resident Evil movie. Based on our knowledge of the franchise so far, this chalks up as like a great franchise entry because we have Mila Yosevich as the roundhouse kicking badass who is somehow still not the main character. What's my name? My name. My name is, is Alice. Alice. It's the first line of the movie. So this movie opens with me finally knowing that her name is Alice. I think she also says that at the end. Which is great. Yeah. 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 Because we have to know. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a movie where Emilio Switch kicks a lot of butt with roundhouse kicks, but is not actually the main character. Once again, the actual main character is another female character. In this case, mm-hmm. Jill Valentine. Yes, who is Jill Valentine. She is the stand-in replacement for Michelle Rodriguez. Basically, Michelle Rodriguez's rain character. Yeah, except this time, instead of being a like capable, interesting, fully clothed Macho minority woman. woman. What would you say? I said minority woman. <laughs> Oh, I said macho woman. So well, she's just... a macho minority, but <laughs> the macho minority, <laughs> instead are, of the macho minority hate groups, instead are of yeah, instead of attack us. instead of being in like a macho minority character, she is a capable, mostly not clothed white woman, mm-hmm. which makes her only half as interesting. <laughs> she, she was, um, she acted the same. She she also studied under Michelle Rodriguez's. Uh, school of acting which was uh face down eyes up mm-hmm. a few times and i wonder if she just was like asked to kind of like mirror that character or something yeah um but also we talked about how alice was god mode yeah um jill is pretty like close to god mode as well yeah yeah she's up there but she has a little bit more personality in my opinion she's got like some sass yeah she does a lot of the i don't know how else this is going to translate over a podcast but a lot of the kind of disgusted look, mouth slightly agape, throat noise. You know, when a... Please uh, do this noise for me. Like when an attractive woman in a movie finds something... Wait, an attractive woman movie? No, an attractive woman in a movie oh. <laughs> finds something to like not be like up to her standards or whatever. Yep. And they do the over-the-shoulder, kind of squinting, angry eyes. Oh. And then they go like... <sighs> yeah. She does. Yeah. A, she does a lot of that in this yeah. movie. <laughs> That's a. You need to go to acting school to get that reaction. Yeah. No. So she's obviously trained. Uh, <laughs> she's al- obviously trained. <laughs> we also have the token, way too good for this movie, and also barely in this movie British actor. Uh, orig- Mike Epps. Oh, whoops. <laughs> no, no, not Mike Epps. Oh, damn. Originally, um, the, the you know that role was pioneered in the first movie mm-hmm. by Colin Salmon, who got mm-hmm. cubed. And was too good for that movie. And now we have Jared Harris, who is too good for this movie and is trapped in a wheelchair wearing the smallest glasses <laughs> in the entire world. They literally are, there's only enough glass for his iris. Yeah, in the whole movie, he is, he's wheelchair bound. He's normally just in a room watching computer screens, which yeah. are, um, the cameras to the Umbrella Corporation, which I think are just the DVD menu screens of the first yep. movie. Yep, that's what they the, look like. The one that we had to sit through like for like 15 minutes because I couldn't figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. So, so I think he's just watching Resident Evil 1 like on repeat, yeah. maybe. And then calling the characters on payphones to give them little snippets of information. So he's also kind of like the quest giver, in a way. The 90s quest giver, the 90s even quest though this movie came out in 2004. Yeah. Um, Oh, so speaking of uh, the whole macho minority thing, yeah. Last podcast we talked a little bit about the uh, we slightly covered some of the gender equality mm-hmm. things, and I said that it was a pretty uh, not I wouldn't say feminist movie, but no, there but are some the, the strong female leads in the movie. Yeah, passes the Bechdel test. <laughs> passes the Bechdel, and uh, so I. Do you remember my my favorite quote from last podcast from Michelle Rodriguez? Uh, 
I could kiss you, bitch. Yes. Um, I, so I was trying to find a clip from that. Like, this was actually uh, before we recorded the first podcast. And I Googled that. I didn't find a clip, but I found a essay called I Could Kiss You, Bitch, Race, Gender, and Sexuality in Resident Evil in Resident Evil 2. Oh, my God. Uh, by Stephen Harper. Okay. From a uh, web- he sounds white. From a very 2000s <laughs> website called Jump Cut, a review of contemporary media. I just want to say real quick, Stephen Harper <laughs> sounds mad white Stephen to be writing an Stephen academic Harper. paper about race and gender yeah. in the Resident Evil films. So I didn't actually read like most of it. I just kind of skimmed through it. Um, both of the Resident Evil films can be seen as postmodern and post-feminist texts insofar as they help to generate commercial synergy with the video game on which they are based. Uh, sure. What? Does that make any sense? Nope, Okay. But you can write it down. That's what I thought. They <laughs> it's are, a grammatically safe sentence, but... It sounds like he's saying a lot of interesting things, but... Yeah, but he's not. He's not. No. Okay. Let's just not unpack that. Yeah. Um, they also present a highly ambiguous perspective on corporate power... Yeah, very highly ambiguous. I don't think it's ambiguous at all. <laughs> no? A pretty clean perspective on corporate power. Okay, yeah, that is true. Um, it's that it's evil. Oh, it's- uh, corporate power as well as issues on race, gender, and sexuality. So if you want to read Where this, is- um, just Google, I could kiss you, bitch, Resident right. Evil, and <laughs> everyone at home could li- could read it. And I uh, think he was reading a much deeper subtext out of that line than we did. Yeah. It was probably like a college paper for like his film studies class. One would hope. Or something. I don't think he's a tenured professor, if I had to guess. Um, I'm proud of you for finding that in the internet, though. Thank you. Yeah. I, I just love that it's called I Could Kiss You, Bitch. Oh, was, boy. Um, all right. Well, so we watched this movie like, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. I barely remember. It doesn't stick. I barely remember it at all. I remember Mike Epps. We're reaching right now. I remember Mike Epps. Mike Epps, okay. I remember Nemesis. Yes. Nemesis, Nemesis. is uh, Sloth from the Goonies' right. great-grandson, maybe. Yeah, but just super fit like, and yeah, with work- a bazooka. Yeah, he's like he's a Jim Brat version of Sloth. Yeah. I like Nemesis. I like his look. He looks like the video game came to life. That's good. And that's cool. Like, that's nice to actually see. I don't like Nemesis in that he's, like, barely able to move in his costume. Seems kind of non-threatening because he like, really just walks around with two big guns and yeah. shoots them at things. He's got that sad eye. He's got a sad, sad eye. One sad eye. He's got one little droopy sad eye. <laughs> and he's wearing, like, a black leather like butcher's outfit oh yeah maybe apron schmock he's wearing a schmock he's wearing a black leather schmock where do you get that from i don't know (laughs) a sad person dressed him in his sad eye in that outfit but yeah i mean i would say this is a much more video gamey movie than the first one was this yeah yeah it reminded me of a really long it was like the best cut scene i've ever seen probably right or if you would if you took a cut scene and made it like an hour and 40 minutes or however long this movie was mm-hmm. that this is like that basically yeah it is which is not great for a movie but but it's not terrible entertaining 
Yeah, I should say that I liked this movie. I enjoyed this movie much more than I did the first one. Mm, so, so far we're, we're... We're on the upswing. Yes, we are going up. We're going on up, cranking up. All right, that's good. So, yeah. so far hasn't let us down. No. Um, do you think that they built... Do you think that the world that was built in the first one is, like, continued in this movie? No. Everything in the first one was, like, wholly unnecessary for this right. film to exist. But this, and, and now it kind of feels like this movie is unnecessary because, like, it's building up the next movie at the very end. The same way as the first one. Yeah. 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 We so should, what, what are we on? Where are we going? Yeah, Why I, are we just, like, I, being... I have no idea. The first movie ends with Alice waking up in a lab and then coming out and being like, all right, now it's go time. This one ends with Alice waking up yes. in a lab and then being like, all right, now it's go time. Right. And the only thing that's different is that we have a little bit of a hint that maybe she's being mind controlled kind of a little bit, sort of. She's got, she get, a, she's got some like Terminator we vision. We get a little hint to a big something much bigger um, at the end of every uh, both Resident Evil so far. Right. But it's it just seems like we're being like dragged like like I don't know through some story that they want us to get through just so we can get to the next one. I just feel like is there like an end goal? Is there are we gonna reach a point where it's like right. oh so they've been speeding us up like to get to this to get to something? Thing. Yeah, but just, is there actually something is, is to there get something? to? We'll find out. All right, you're find right. One uh, one thing I do want to say just as like a movie trope. Because yes. in the end, when they're like alluding to her being brain programmed or whatever, and we see her predator vision or her Terminator vision, her Terminator vision is blue. Mm-hmm. Like everything's blue. And if you guys think about Terminator vision, Terminator vision was red. Everything was red. Wow. I just want to say, why are why are people brainwashing, programming, colorblind kill robots? That seems like a distinct disadvantage for these supposedly superior beings to only have one visual color spectrum yeah and to pretty much just be seeing everything in contrast that's bad is it bad or is it bad because you see in color and maybe if you saw in <laughs> I, red you'd I, be I, like no i don't know no, this is better <laughs> i'm expecting what if in the next movie mike epps gets into a bad situation and he's like alice flip the red switch and she's like <laughs> well all switches are blue to me because i'm in this blue terminator vision <laughs> and she's unable to help let's mike see epps. we'll find out if that joke comes back around full circle and if it does then this <laughs> movie might be on to something <laughs> it does i'll be so happy um i actually really like mike epps character uh as a i mean he's He's obviously like thrown in for com- comedic release yeah. and kind of a stereotypical. Yeah, playing a very black clear dude. stereotype. Um, he has like bedazzled guns. Yeah, but he's likable. He's not like no, annoying. Yeah. He, I kind of like that he's in the movie at all. Than like not a comedic person. He's an enjoyable like tonal shift with everything else that's going on, and I like that a lot. Yeah, it gave us some someone to actually, you know. Be, hang on to yeah because nobody else has given up much of anything even though they introduced a small child mm-hmm. and she like emotes less than anybody yeah. else she's the british kid right yeah yeah is that who you're talking about yeah the little british girl little british she girl. is like i barely remember her so deadpan the entire movie usually when you introduce a child <laughs> it's so that they can be like oh my god like are we gonna get out of here like, I'm scared. Like, they come oh, yeah. mostly and, uh, at night, mostly. I think I have a line about that. Something like, I don't remember her name. I should have wrote it down. But, like, someone someone asked her her, asked her, her name, and she's like, it, whoever asked her is like, oh, that's like a little, gro- that's a grown-up name for a little girl. 
Do you remember that? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, no. Yeah. She's like, I what's, did, what's she's the like, deal? Yeah, I did my own taxes last year, Alice. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a dependent anymore, even though I'm only in the fifth grade. Oh, man, that one doesn't even make sense. Nobody, yeah, nobody shows a whole range of emotion in this movie at all, except for maybe Nemesis with his one little sad eye. Oh, yeah. I felt bad for him. Mummy guy shows no emotion. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Crete is <laughs> refusing to remember that in the Mummy series with Brendan Fraser, uh, Brendan Fraser has a close friend who is uh, some, some sort of like Bedouin, yeah, desert guy who has cool face tattoos and a big beard and kind of looks like a George Harrison type character. Oh. And he's in this movie as like the umbrella SWAT tactical guy and has a lot of lines but no facial expressions and see, see you're contaminating the franchise the two fr- the franchises right well, now actually, we're, we'll get to we're the mummy yeah franchise. we're not we'll on the mummy franchise we'll get well but we'll, if, might get well, there right, look, we talked about michelle rodriguez being in fast and furious <laughs> i think it's fair to also talk about other fr- i'm not talking about just other movies that people have been in but i will mention other franchises I just that, do not remember the Mummy franchise. That these been in. I, I, well, all I remember like is the Scorpion King. I watch the Mummy franchise. The Scorpion King's a oh, part of it. You know, we'll get to that in three years. It's part of that lore. <laughs> this movie was going to take us a whole year. Yeah, this movie was going to take us a long time right at this rate. Okay. Let's uh, get to some of our segments. Um, so last time for Resident Evil 1, you said first 20 minutes was a crank up of a roller coaster. Yeah. And that you were very impressed by the first 20 minutes. That's true. Great. Now that was the beginning of the franchise. That was like yeah. we hadn't the seen setup. any of these movies yet. So you were coming into your it. Your expectations weren't that high. No. Well, sounds like your expectations maybe went up last movie. What'd you think <sighs> yeah. about this one? I think they did they probably did go up a little bit, to be honest. All right, if the first twenty minutes of the first movie were the crank up on a roller coaster, mm-hmm. the first twenty minutes of this movie are like the fake out first drop <laughs> on a roller coaster where you think it's gonna be the first drop but really it's just the roller coaster evening out to I, then go down the first big drop i see i think it's uh because I, I was like i was like oh like we've kind of picked up the pace here there's more action mm-hmm. like this is kind of interesting and but then by the end of the first 20 minutes you're like oh wait nothing has changed like we are just still here i would argue that it's a it's a loop de loo that's stuck in a loop Oh no! And you're just like whoa, ah, oh, and you're just like by the end, you're just like oh shit, I gotta puke. This is like really bad, because I think it just, I think you just get skyrocketed into this like pure action. Like there's like so much action in this movie. There's a lot of action in this movie, nonstop. Yeah, it's nonstop say. to the point where like it's you just become numb to it at a certain point. You kind of just like right. It's like oh, it's action, more action. Like there's nowhere to. Nothing to hold on to. And in the first 20 minutes, you have things like Jill Valentine just walking into the police precinct and saying, they're infected, and shooting yeah, like shooting. eight people in the head. Yeah, and the police... And the, the police, police are like, oh, what? They're infected? Okay. <laughs> I think we, we just rewatched that scene on like YouTube, and none of the lights were on in that scene. Everything is was still yeah, dark, dark, wet, and on fire. Yep. <laughs> Even in Even, buildings. But inside a police building. Inside a police building. Yeah, you also have the Umbrella Corporation just like shooting civilians who are gathered at a gate. Yes. And they just mow them down oh, with a, a machine gun? What a metaphor for uh, immigration. Oh, modern America. Huh? I know, boy. Uh, am I right? How timely. Oh, man. I think people need. I think people can learn from this movie. Yeah. But I would agree with you about the closed loop-de-loop thing. The first 20 <laughs> minutes of this movie is at first exciting. Yes. And then ultimately exhausting. Yeah. 
like we it just kept going and, and going. then you never stop getting tired because this movie continues that same pace throughout um i said about resident evil one that i thought it was a good start to the franchise mm-hmm. and i don't know about this movie i don't know about this franchise I, yeah not like since we watched this one i'm like i'm like oh man we gotta watch we gotta watch like five more of these movies. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a little less excited. This, I'm not gonna lie. This movie treaded a lot of water. Yeah, this movie it took a lot out of me. Nothing. Yeah, it, it really didn't. No. Um, one of the first scenes that I thought was quite absurd was mirroring the first movie where she finds the red dress. Mm-hmm. She breaks into a gun store. Yep. In the middle of a big city, uh-huh. there's a gun store in the middle of a big city. It um, takes it, all of her clothes downtown, from the gun store. <laughs> yes, and she finds a mesh top in yeah. a in a gun store. Yeah, she's wearing a mesh tank top over a smaller tank top, and then a pair of Jinko slacks. <laughs> yeah, some bell bottoms. Some bell bottoms. Um, which uh, we notice that she like rips at one point. She does, but like she rips it like in the middle of her pant leg. Like all all the way around, I yeah, think basically. Yeah. But, but it's the but the bottom bottom's the, still the hanging. Bottom of the pant like stays. On. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like if you had three part tearaways and you only teared away the middle part. That's some fashion right there. Yeah, boy. It's something that somebody could pret- try to pass off as fashion. So then we get a, um, we start to build our crew a little bit. We get like mm-hmm. kind of a ragtag team of people who uh. At this point is Jill Valentine's like team. Right. Um plus like one, a plus what, a journalist. Yeah, one of her best friends. Mm-hmm. Um a journalist and like some other like police dudes, right? Yeah, yeah, we got a um, couple other squaddies. And they're inside of a school building, I think, or yep. just a big building. And like Alice doesn't even show up until like the plot A of this movie. No, well, until yeah. like half an hour in. Once again, Mila Yosevich, not the actual lead of this film. No, she kind of just intrudes. She's actually. like the center of the franchise, but she kind of ruins it. Ancillary to most actual things. Yeah, yeah. If anything, she brings unwanted attention to the civilians yeah. because we, as we find out, she's infected in a way that makes her stronger without actually making her a zombie. Yeah. But she's, she's of distinct interest to the umbrella corporation. She's a focus of attention for them. So, really, she only endangers any civilians that she chooses to put in proximity to herself. Right. She's, like, just a walking um, troublemaker, basically. Yeah. Like, if <laughs> any scene she enters becomes, like, a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, it, you know, if you're trying to enjoy this movie where it's with, like, some characters that won't be super strong, just, like... There might be an element of fear or someone might die. Mm-hmm. Right when Alice walks in, it's like a totally different movie. It's like everybody dead. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's dead. And also she's going to kill everyone. Yeah. No, she. Com- I still hate her. She completely eradicates any sense of tension yeah. at any time. Um, And she, she enters this movie. This is why, this is how I know like at this point, maybe the the franchise like, the, the people 
making this franchise like aren't taking it seriously anymore or they she, or they know what they have on their hands yeah and that sometimes becomes less fun for me like a sci-fi yeah. original when it's like oh this is purposely this is intended to be over you, the top your sharknados if you will yeah i don't like that i want a yeah. movie to try its hardest to be good like a gatoroid a what <laughs> gatoroid <laughs> It's a sci-fi original movie about <laughs> alligators that eat a bunch of steroids and become gatoroids. I just had no idea what you said. I was like, what's a gator? I thought that was like a trope, like a specific like writing thing. Oh, it's like a gatoroid in a it, movie. It is now. a gator. You know, MacGuffins and Gatoroids, my new movie about screenplay writing. A gatoroid. Um, so Alice breaks in through the school window. She drives through it. Oh, it's, it's a, a motorcycle. It's a church. Church window. Yeah, stained glass, glass window. window. In a motorcycle, she comes crashing through. Yeah, like people are in trouble. It's like Jill's crew mm-hmm. trying to shoot off zombies. She comes crashing through with like two guns, and she like lands. She like shoots everyone, sideswipes, does like some crazy Matrix shit, mm-hmm. and then like just, Jill just says, "Who the hell are you?" Yep, and that's. And that and was the she, part where I was like, like I'm I Alice. wish I could turn this movie off now. <laughs> I was say, she crashes she through. She says, who the fuck are you? Not even who the she, hell are you? She crashes through the stained glass window on the motorcycle. The motorcycle goes spinning forward. She shoots the gas tank on the motorcycle to explode the motorcycle directly in front of the liquors. And then shoots some more of the liquors while dual wielding pistols. And then spins the pistols around her fingers to put them back into their holsters all cool like i'd just like to say this is a brief aside mm-hmm. and normally something that i would let go in a movie but spinning handguns is not actually <laughs> good all you're doing is pointing handguns at yourself very true for a brief period of time okay and we can maybe edit this part out, but just because I think the layman probably doesn't understand this, but the reason that spinning handguns is a thing in cowboy movies is because cowboy guns, you have to pull the hammer back and then the trigger to make them fire. Even the pistols, they're all double action, which means yes. that knocking your finger around the trigger doesn't do anything unless you cocked it. She's spinning semi-automatic Beretta handguns yeah. <laughs> where all you need to do is pull the trigger. To set off the handgun. This is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's not cool, Alice. Danger <laughs> isn't cool is my is my message right now. Yeah, Alice needs to calm down a little bit. Zombie movies are about trying to survive. Alice yeah. like does things. She's putting she, us she's all like in danger. trying to make herself dead for these movies. And for the sake of what? Looking cool? For the sake of looking like a Jinko jeans trash heap. Yeah, that's all, I think all she cares about is looking cool. Yeah. So far, in both of these movies, she hasn't done anything. She's about the looks. Kind for anyone. She's just all about like, look how cool I am. I yeah. Wanna... Roundhouse kicks and yeah. stupid outfits. Uh, three roundhouse kicks in a row in this movie. In this movie, that you get what you you get what you paid for. The first movie. So does that mean in the third movie there's gonna be four roundhouse kicks? I wonder. I wonder. We should keep track. Yeah, we need a roundhouse kick counter. I feel like she showed up to the first movie for like stunt training, and they're like, all right, so like, what fighting styles do you know? She was like, none. And they're like, okay, can you do like a backflip? She's like, no. Like, what can you do? She's like, I've got like a little bit of dance experience. I can, mm-hmm. I can nail a roundhouse kick. And they're like, that's it. All right, we're not going <laughs> to teach you anything. We're just using this roundhouse kick move that you know. I mean, it's that's cool our bread and move. butter. It does look cool, but it's yeah. overused at this point. She yeah. needs to learn some 
if we're gonna believe that she's really good at fighting, she needs to do some she's, other. She needs to learn she kung gotta, fu. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She needs to plug into the Matrix software and learn kung fu. I'm excited to see how many roundhouse kicks are in the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited too. Now I didn't even think about like taking note of that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think I've seen a movie that has heightened the the like the possibilities of the world so much within like just one movie. How do you mean? Like, I, I guess the first movie was a little crazy mm-hmm. as to, like, what's realistic and what's not. Yeah. Um, But this movie just, like, I don't know, everything, like, all logic is out the window oh, they, here. Yeah, they really take the There's, shackles off. And it's it's only movie two of this right. whole franchise. Like, Umbrella is just, like, straight up killing cops in this movie yeah. for fun. Yeah. They have umbrella branded walls around the city. Everyone's like good at fighting, regulating, and then shooting cops at for no reason. Everyone's good at fighting. Um, yeah, I mean, I predicted in our last podcast that this franchise is going to end with Umbrella being in charge of the entire planet. So I feel like we're on track for that as we just yeah. continue to make the situations even more unbelievable and ridiculous. Yet somehow Umbrella is still in power. Okay. Just sticking by it. I'm just saying. I, I I'm just wouldn't saying. disagree. In in the first episode, you said Resident Evil One was tolerable and in no way exceptionable. How do you feel? I would say the same, and I would go even further to say retrospectively, you can start this franchise at one yep. or two <laughs> yes. and lose nothing. In fact, you could even start at one, and then I think as of this moment, skip two. And lose nothing, or or maybe or maybe you can just not even start at one or two. Next episode, I might be sitting here telling <laughs> yeah. you that you could just start this franchise at number three. We'll see. We had some favorite quotes from last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yours was from from Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, bitch, bitch ain't getting up now. Bitch isn't standing now. Yeah. Um, and we at mine was I could kiss you, bitch, mm-hmm. which. Is also Michelle Rodriguez, and also has and bitch in it. This one lacks Michelle Rodriguez. It does. Um, so I'm holding out hope that she's going to show up again. Right. We I had, love her dearly. We had hopes for the next the next movies. Yeah. Where we said that she might come back, and she has not come. There's back There's still yet. time. I w- I hope so. There's still five. Yes. Or Ford for her to come back in. I do have a favorite quote this time too. Okay. And that is, um, early on in the movie, we're watching some news coverage of the events taking place in Raccoon City, and a anchor woman says, still no explanation for these unexplained killings, <laughs> which <laughs> only one of those words needs to be present for that sentence to have the same meaning, and yet yes. we... St- <laughs> but that movie, but that just, that line just captures... The entire movie franchise so far. Right. Which is still no explanation for these unexplained killings. <laughs> Resident uh, Evil, a series of unexplained killings. There's no explanation for this movie to exist, and it will not be explained. No, it refuses ever. to explain itself. Um, that's hilarious. That's a, that's a good quote. Okay. Uh, yeah, so let's let's keep it going. All right, so your what are your highs and lows? Uh, my high is the new cubing. We kind of both agreed that the cubing in the first movie was kind of the cultural touchstone of that film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the closest we get to a second attempt at the cubing in this movie is Alice 
rappelling down the side of a hotel for arguably no reason and doing so parallel to the hotel. So she's literally right. running down the side of a hotel with a rope coming off her butt attached to the top of the building. She's kind of just and, more more like air walking down. Yeah. Because she's not even And really then she gets to the head. bottom and it's like, and it's, she takes, there's no advantage taken of being at a higher point than the people <laughs> she's running down to. She runs all the way down. Yeah. Until she is on equivalent footing with the enemy troops and then like throws a knife at a guy. So she doesn't, there's not even like, she doesn't land on no, someone. No. Yeah. She doesn't start shooting while she's running she doesn't down. Use, she doesn't use the physics to her advantage no, at all of she, like she, dropping down from like. Yeah, she's not like making tall, it rain grenades. So she just runs down so that she can throw a knife directly at somebody's head. Um, but I think that was, that was my high. That was the most interesting thing yeah. that they tried to do. And I think that part was in the trailer. If what I could remember, and yeah. which, and I also I think the cube scene was also in the trailer for the movie. Yeah, <laughs> those are the big. Cells. So they basically will put the best. They're, they're the the big, only memorable scenes. They're the, the big movie, memory moments. The trailer. Um, um, you said that uh, the trains were your favorite part of the last movie. Yeah, and there's no no trains in this no movie. Goddamn trains in this movie. Oh, but a lot of helicopters, from, a lot of yeah. aerial vehicles. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in aerial vehicles. I like highly limited ground vehicles. I like trains. No I'm hopeful that there's gonna be a train in three. I got a good. I don't know why, but I got a good feeling about it. You think they're gonna bring bring back I feel trains? Like they could bring back trains. Just 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 for a boy. Just for me. <laughs> um, and then I think my low for this entire movie. Um, because I can't say the entire movie would be because I can't remember the entire movie because I can't remember the entire movie. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say that my low is that it ends the exact same way that the first movie ends with her waking up in a experiment medical lab situation. Yeah, it Just was rehashed and yeah, it was such a been there done that. Mm-hmm. That it was infuriating, and not even the presence of Game of Thrones guy telling her what a pen is could make it tolerable. Um. Okay. Yeah. My high is the opening to this movie, which is a recap of Resident Evil One in a Minority Report screens yep. and holograms floating oh around. Oh my god. <laughs> What a recap. That yeah. was amazing. And so much footage from one in this actual movie. Yeah. Lots of flashbacks and like cutbacks to act to actual footage from the first movie in this movie. Uh we talked about what happens in the next what we think is gonna happen in the next movie. Yeah. Um what do you think is gonna happen in the next movie? Um I just I think they're gonna go to a different country. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I think Resident Evil colon Europe. It's, to me, this movie is every every movie is going to like zoom out. Like if you imagine like a Google map, it's like mm-hmm. the first movie was in a basement. Zoom okay. out. Now we're in a city. Zoom out. Where we're are we now? In a state. In a state. There you go. <laughs> zoom out. We're in a country. We're in a country. Zoom out. Eventually, we'll get to the planet. Maybe. Yeah. Based on what you your predictions. Yes. Um, it just seems like every movie they have to get bigger. All right. So location wise, I mean, I know they get to some sort of like Mad Max sand desert place eventually. Yeah, posters and box art. So, and if it aligns with the video games, they do go to like Africa 
Mm-hmm. We're not talking about video games here. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. But maybe they are. Yeah, Resident Evil Five takes place in Africa. Okay. But. Yes. All right. Um. Better, better than worse than. So. I think my idea was to keep it the same as last time. Yeah, I'm down. Okay. So you have Blood Rain and you have Snowpiercer. I still think these movies are better than Blood Rain, which is I think I've said it. I set an incredibly low bar with Blood Rain. Blood Rain is a terrible movie. You don't so know. Do I'm gonna I'm gonna a... I'm gonna up the ante. I'm gonna keep okay. Snowpiercer as my high because cool. I still think that that's a. I don't think that's an unfair bar. Wait, to wait, put wait. Them to. Snowpiercer takes place in a train yeah that's like your favorite thing what all right look i like <laughs> trains a lot but disclaimer i don't think snowpiercer is a perfect movie okay i think snowpiercer that's a high bar yeah yeah i think snowpiercer is a really good movie about a kind of like corporate control entity in a apocalyptic scenario and the push and pull there so that's another going. part of why I picked it is because it's kind of about that same sense of like authority versus justice mm. situation. A, cl- a close examination of uh, ambiguous corporate greed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't and I don't think that that's an unfair bar to ask Resident Evil to jump to because I like Snowpiercer a lot. I don't, but I don't think it's infallible, and I don't think it's perfect. Um, I think Blood Rain is a way too low. I will. O- Okay. Like, there are very few movies that I would ever think are worse. So you're going to change Blood it? Rain. So I'm going to raise it up a you're little gonna bit. You're going to raise the bar. Because I did like Resident Evil 2 more than I liked Resident Evil 1. Okay. That's the scale we should also think about, comparable yeah. to the last movie. Yeah. So I'm going to say Resident Evil 2, not as good as Snowpiercer, but it's better than Super Mario Bros. the movie. <laughs> and I do think that Super <laughs> Mario Bros. the movie is better than Blood Rain. Okay. All right. We. I see. That's good. Okay. Because I actually enjoy Super Mario Brothers. For... I do too. I have a lot of affection for that movie, yeah. but I do think Resident Evil 2 is a superior movie to that. Okay. Yeah, I'll accept that. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've also reached like a plateau in my grading scale here. Mm-hmm. Because maybe I need to rewatch Constantine, but I feel like every movie I say is going to be better than Constantine. But maybe not. I'll still keep it Constantine for now. All right. All right. Um, so, like, I, if this movie was better than Resident Evil 1, of course it has to be. And Resident Evil 1 is better than Constantine. Yeah, this movie. And by direct association, this movie has to be better than Constantine. Yeah, I mean, you could make Resident Evil 1 your new bottom line. And then these movies could be competing <laughs> for the bottom. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to keep it a separate franchise. Okay. For, yeah. Um, I still think... This is worse than Event Horizon. Yeah. Um, I will say that, like, on any given day, I would watch either of these movies. Yeah. Okay. I um, see that. They're both very watchable. Yeah. And very harmless. I would watch Resident Evil 2 with a group of friends um, while we're drinking or something. Yeah. I would rather watch Resident Evil 2 again than Resident Evil 1, if yes. only because Resident Evil 2 cuts the bullshit in a way that i wish one had where it's like if you're not gonna have a plot then don't even talk to me like don't waste my time don't be metallic the whole time yeah like just like get down to it set things on fire make them wet make it dark dark go turn off the lights turn off the lights yeah and this movie does that this movie starts Mm -hmm. and just goes 
Like yeah. we don't have to deal with a whole bunch of. It starts where we want it to. It starts yeah. at the end of part one. Right. Picks off. It picks up right off of the ending. Yeah, yeah. And and it ends. Um, exactly where you didn't want it to, which yeah. is the same ending as one. Parallel on the other side of things. Yep. Um, not even really excited. Like, I I am excited to watch the next one because we have to watch it. I'm and, excited to watch the next one yeah. because they literally can't do this again. Yeah. They cannot twice in a row, <laughs> three times in a row, do the exact same thing. But uh, first, let's describe the ending. Of this movie? Yeah. Okay. Alice wakes up in a medical research lab science facility again. Uh, guy from Game of Thrones teaches her what a pen is, and we're led to believe that he thinks that she's been successfully brainwashed. Yeah. She reboots herself. She doesn't know her name at the beginning again. Someone's right. asking her, what's your name? Right. And she's like thinking hard the whole time, like, like trying to get her name out of her mind. And then she's like, my name is Alice. Yep. And then she kicks, she kicks some light butt. She's walking around in the facility. She exhibits some, like, maybe psychic powers. She kills a guy yeah. by looking at a security, security camera, camera, and the guy in the security booth dies. Yeah, but she does, like, she. it's a long scene. She's just, yeah. like, staring at the camera, and she's like... And his, like, nose starts bleeding, and he, like, falls over. Yeah, so then... It's very so we, we learn that she gains... She has psychic abilities. Yeah, some now. sort of psychic abilities. Mm -hmm. And then she gets... She leaves the building and gets picked up by Mike Epps, Jill Valentine. Basically, the crew... Guy, guy from The Mummy. The crew that didn't die. The people that didn't die. The people that the didn't movie. die show up and pick her up. Yeah. They're masquerading as Umbrella agents. They have Umbrella uniforms, but yep. we don't know if they're like really part of Umbrella. They're all squatted up, swatted up. Right. She and the they have the little girl in the SUV for no reason. <laughs> and she gets in. We see her blue... Terminator Vision yep. and Game of Thrones guy. Which could be cooler than co seeing things in color. Uh, arguable. And then Game of Thrones guy says, Project Alice activated. Mm -hmm. and Just more code words that we don't know. Right. And they, right, and they, and they drive off. Yeah. And that ending sucks. Yeah. It's garbage. Like, if I was watching that in a movie theater, I'd be like, I wouldn't be excited to watch the next one because I don't know what the fuck yeah. happens at all. Or, Especially or like, because they... Am I supposed to be excited that she has psychic powers? Right. Oh, she has psychic powers. <laughs> oh, wow. it's all different now. Oh, they done changed the game. Not like she couldn't kill everyone in the first place. Well, and the bizarre conceit of these films is that they spend the whole movie not giving you any reason to be interested in Alice. And then in the end, they're like, all right, let's get back to Alice. Yeah. And you're like, why? Like, yeah. you gave me no reason to care about this character. And then they just do it again. Paul, Paul W.S. Anderson, like, really thinks that we care about Alice as much as he cares about his wife. Mila Jokovic. Right. And it'd be one thing if that meant that these movies were like really intentful and spent a lot of attention on her and her character, but they don't. Yeah. And then it's like in the bottom 10 minutes, he's like, oh, wait, I got to justify her again. Yeah. Oh, boy. And it, every time I think about the fact that, uh, you know, they're married or whatever. Yeah. I just kind of like, like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I get, like, I also get what we're missing. Maybe he just, see, maybe he sees a lot more in her that we don't, you know? Right. That's that's yeah, adorable. Possible. Yeah, that's actually kind of sweet. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, I so here are my expectations for three now. Just outside of the plot. Yeah. I expect Mike Epps to be in it. I expect Mummy Guy to be in it. 
I expect Joel, I expect everybody that was in that SUV at the end of that this SUV, movie. If the next movie doesn't start with, with them in an SUV, SUV driving down the highway, if it's like listening to Hotel California, yeah. I'll be real pissed. Yeah, if it starts with her in a like wet, dark, un- on fire situation, and there's like a skeleton, and she like picks up the head, and she's like, "This used to be my gaps." I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be like "What? Like what happened? Like where are we?" Because you oh, man. finally had a plot moment and you did it off camera, and that'd be infuriating. All right. So, with that said, any closing statements? Um, Does that sounded like a closing statement already. That is kind of a closing statement. My other closing statement is just once again, you can watch the first movie or you can watch this movie. Pick one, don't watch both. Yes. Okay, <laughs> I agree. I agree with all of that. And I recommend the second. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give this movie. I want to give this movie three out of five barbecued dogs, and right. that's a half half a scale higher than or half a point higher than my last one. That is. You you gave it a two last time. I'm going to two and a half barbecued mm. dogs, but wow, the half is the front. It's the front half of the dog, not the bottom half. I mean, with this going, I'm just gonna be leading you the whole time in barbecued dogs. Yeah, but are you? <laughs> there could be some real stinkers. Because um, I, I will also say this: as we like. This movie was good because I definitely thought it was a improvement on the first one. Yeah. But I feel like the deeper we get into this franchise, like the first like the first movie had nothing to lose. Now there is something to lose. Mhm. Like cuz they these movies could piss us off even more than they already have. So, yep. Don't be so sure that you're just going to keep cranking up those barbecue dogs. I mean, we set the scale out of five. We did. So, so I can three only... is pretty high. <laughs> yeah, we're. I'm. I should be at the highest that I could be at this rating scale at this Just point. Just based off of these two yeah. movies, but you're cautious, and I appreciate that. But let's don't forget to mention that this barbecue dog scale is not comparable to the star rating of typical movies. No. This is the Resident. Yeah, this Evil is a rating. Resident Evil barbecue dog scale. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna watch Resident Evil Three we're now. We're gonna watch Three right now. What is re- what is the uh, subtitle for Extinction? Resident Evil Three? Extinction. Oh, I think I might be right. I think it's Extinction. I think we're going into Desertland. I think we might be one away from that. That might be okay. Retribution. Oh. Okay. Okay. Or reincarnation. Um. Or institution. <laughs> or. Uh. Investigation. Investigation. I hope there's a bus in desert land. I feel like the desert kind of means that there can't be trains, but I'll just take yeah. like a long transport vehicle where I can get it, you know? Um all right. Well, that's the end of uh that's the end of this episode. Yeah, that's it. We we need like a tagline for this like podcast, like an ending. See you at the next movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you at the next movies. See you at the next movies. Bye. Bye.